Hi, it's Andrea and Marianne, the Sister Tipsters. We're two moms, wives, and sisters juggling work, kids, and all the challenges life throws our way. We're here to encourage everyone to move their body for at least 10 minutes a day while learning tips for navigating life. Take the time to improve your health and grow your mind. Now let's get moving. We talk a lot about kids and life, but today we're focusing on adulting, owning a home, and tips for keeping up with that home. We should probably start with that we've lived in several homes ourselves. <laughs> is this where we establish our credibility for talking on this topic? <laughs> it is, it is, yes. <laughs> Besides having our own homes, we've, all, we've also helped our parents to help take care of our grandparents' houses along the way. And now we help our parents take care of their houses, or at least the stuff they don't feel like dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And throughout the years, our parents have been landlords, and now we are as well. So I think we've established we've got a lot of life experience here going back to the time when we were kids up to current day. Absolutely. And throughout all those years, we've gathered some tips for homeowners or even just anybody responsible for a home and the stuff that you need to know while occupying that home. Kind of the basic knowledge to fix things before you're having to call someone waiting on that person and obviously paying them lots of money. Right. And if nothing else, depending on the situation, knowing those basics prevents more damage. For example, turning off the water, cutting the gas, etc. I know you're jumping ahead here, but you know, I like to <laughs> I always say and 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 I use this one a lot. If you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, and if you teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And that's basically what we do on our podcast, right? Giving everybody the basics. So why not apply it to our house? So as you said, turning off the water, cutting the gas, right? Well, if you wanna do those things, we're gonna start with our first tip of, you gotta know where those shutoffs are. Your gas, your water, electrical shutoffs. Um, like we said, in an emergency, knowing these shutoffs can prevent further damage. Even if you just have like a leaky faucet, that could le- lead to a lot more issues. So if you know where the shutoff is, you can shut off that water in order to fix the leaky faucet. Right. And maybe not a bad idea to know where the shutoff is for just that one faucet. Also the shutoff for the house, the whole water, be able to shut that off too would be helpful. Absolutely. But (laughs) here's one where we're going to say you should run. If you smell gas in your house, don't worry about the shutoff. Just worry about getting out of your house and calling the gas company. That's one where we say it's better to call for help first instead of trying to do it yourself. Yeah. Now, what if you find water? I'm going to I'm going to pass this one right off to oh. you. What are, what are we doing when we find water? Why am I always <laughs> finding water? <laughs> we've had this issue in our bathroom recently. Unfortunately, we've had it twice in our basement in the last year. And the first thing I can say is if you can figure out where that water is coming from, stop it. Um, our bathroom, we knew it was a shower. We stopped using the shower. We cut off water to the shower. Um, in our basement, unfortunately, it was coming in from the outside. But I'd say that first thing, once you determine that, you got to get that water up. So drying it up, and this is where I'd say, this is something you should own as a homeowner, which we did not own until we needed it, um, a dehumidifier. That's the first thing. You want to dry up that water, but you can't get it out of the floor and the walls and you know anything else that it can seep into. Um, you want to run those dehumidifiers and make sure you're emptying them properly. Don't let those then leak, um, but run that dehumidifier and that will clear out a lot more water than what you can see right from the start. Okay. And what if you have actual like standing water? What are we doing then? So standing water, you gotta, you gotta get it out in any way you can. If it's just like a little bit, I say, you know, mop it up, towels to dry it up. Um, if you've got several feet of water, Um, which, you know, luckily we haven't had to deal with, but 
um, I've researched it a lot and we've been in towns that have had to deal with it a lot in our life. And that's one where you got to figure out any way you can get it out. Often it's a pump. You might have to call somebody to come and help pump it out. But the quicker that you can get it out by, you know, releasing it through doors or drains or like I said, pumps, there are pumps like a um, similar to like a manual sump pump where you can pump it out of your your basement or um, a kitchen or any floor like that. You want to get that out. And then if it's soaked up those walls and you had, you know, more than a few inches and you got a foot or two, you're cutting that drywall at about four feet high to make sure you get a clean cut, get all the wet drywall out. You got to get wet drywall, wet floors, anything that's soaked up and dirty and could grow mold. You got to get it get it out. And then, like I said, run those dehumidifiers. Not fun. Definitely no, not fun. No. All right, let's, let's, let's switch from water to power. If the power is out to an outlet, um, I think remember to go check the breaker box, see if you've tripped one of those, or if it's a GF out, uh, GFI outlet that's on the same line, you want to trace back to that. And sometimes it's not always logical where it is or where it connects, so you got to kind of look around. But sometimes it's just as simple as resetting that outlet and everything comes back. So that's another thing to think about. I know. How often have you tripped those like in a bathroom even, just like a hairdryer or curling iron? And those are those are easy. Those are usually GFI themselves. So those are a quick flip of the switch right there on the outlet. But yeah, sometimes you got to trace it through the house. Um, so next, I'm going to I'm gonna go to one that uh, unfortunately Andrea's had some experience with is um, if you have a fire or you smell a fire in your house, having an escape route plan for you and your kids. And um, if you if your kids are old enough, making sure that they know what that route is. All right. So this is where I should jump in. Luckily, we didn't really have to do a major escape when our house was burning. Um, but I think some things I learned when I followed up with the fire chief in our town to just look at like, okay, now that I've had this experience, what do you need in your house? What kind of things can I share with everybody I know? So um, fire extinguisher is certainly helpful to have, although he does not recommend fighting a fire. You know, I think you leave that up to the experts and you get yourself out. And fire extinguishers can be tricky depending on what type of fire fire. So we did have a basic one. We did use the basic one. I think it's good to have that on hand. But most important, smoke detectors, carbon dioxide detectors, make sure that those systems are working, test them if necessary, change the batteries. Um, If you have a second story to your house and you can't get out of those windows to like another lower roof or something like that, there should be a ladder there for those second floor um, people to get out. So that's like another thing that was important. So, I mean, basically if there's a fire, you're getting out. That's the most important thing, being able to detect it and then get it out. So that's what I've summed it up, but <laughs> I know that's <laughs> everything one, uh, <laughs> one that unfortunately we learned from you. And I know I, I've got to follow up with that ladder for my kids, but I know we have a plan and we talk about it often of just any sort of emergency, getting the kids out of the house and where we're going to meet um, that's away from the house and, and what to do. So that's a good, a good reminder. Um, so before I talked about always having a dehumidifier, my next thing that we purchased with the water, but I think (laughs) is a, is a good item to have in your house for any reason is an old school box fan. Oh, I love the box fan. I know, right. They have a million (laughs) uses. Um, I mean, my favorite, like I said, (laughs) has been running it when we're running our dehumidifier to, um, dry out part of the house. But what are what are other things you've used the box fan so for? So 
I know a lot of people like this was great in college did the like a scented dryer sheet on the box fan and it's an air freshener but my personal favorite is using it to clean the air in the house so um, I've probably mentioned this before in another podcast but you can take a filter that you would get for like your furnace one that'll fit the size of the box fan and we've done like zip ties or just attached it to the one side of the fan and now you've turned that into an air filter so that's my personal favorite use of a box fan Um, while we talk about filtering air let me also say that with a home you've got to think about changing the air filters in your hvac system regularly and that's one that can make a big difference for the air quality in your house and not everybody thinks about doing that so that's another good one to throw in there that is and while we're cleaning our air and changing out our air filters another one because um i know at our house we have our hvac system when it's regularly maintained. Um, I think it's like twice a year. So they usually change the air filters for us. And so that's kind of a reminder. But another thing that we have somebody come and do is cleaning our gutters, which I didn't realize until I actually owned my own home, um, how important that was and what kind of issues that can cause just backing up water into your house, backing up water on your roof, um, even just little critters you don't want in your house and Mm. (laughs) things like that. And we've had runoff and places it shouldn't be running off that have um, you know, done some damage to windows and things like that. So, you know, who knew cleaning your gutters was such an important thing, but um, it is, it's just all about getting that water off of your roof and away from your house. And if there's a backup, it's not going to work right. Right. While we're talking more water, here's another one that's my husband's favorite um, is if you're leaving the house for a little while, think about just turning the water off to your house. If that's an easy enough thing to do and you have a good valve, um, we are able to do that in our house and we shut off the water. And then he feels like, okay, I've covered it for any kind of you know, crazy leaks or those kinds of situations when you're gone. But if you have someone watching your house, you can always have, and you can't do that, you can always have them run like the sinks throughout the time you're there, turning them on and off. That'll kind of keep the sewer gases from being a problem, keep everything um, moving. So that's another thing with water. Um, I also have another silly thing while we're talking about water before I forget it, but um, we one time with a tenant had a problem with the washer machine, which was actually not as much of a problem as we thought, but it makes us always think about this one. If your um, washer machine is running like really hot water on the cold cycle, or maybe you'll notice that like on the hot cycle, you can only get cold water, check and make sure that those hoses are hooked up properly and that they haven't been swapped. That's just like a silly thing, but something to think about. Sometimes it is that basic that something just got switched along the way. So another thing to think about. That is a good call to check both. Um, and and while we're still on the water and the washing machine, and you even said about going on vacation, so we go a little bit of a different route, and, and we do often t- turn off the water to the whole house when we leave. But another thing that we do as kind of a backup is there's tons of companies out there now that make little water sensors Um, You can place them under your washing machine, under your dishwasher, near your hot water heater, any kind of appliance or anything in your house that would unleash a large amount of water into into the house if it malfunctions. Um, We've put those sensors around so that it alerts us. Now, if we're away, it's not maybe super helpful, but we usually have somebody checking on our house. So we'd have somebody that we could call if that happens. Um, And if we get that like alert on our phone or um, that notification that there's water. But that's another thing that you can do as a backup of, you know, besides just turning off your water, you can have one of those around that will notify you if there's any kind of water 
standing water on the ground. Those are helpful. So now let's go a little different direction with the water. Thinking about in a sudden freeze, um, you want to keep the water moving in your house. So I would flush toilets routinely, maybe leave the sinks with a drip coming out. Now living up in the Northeast, you know, I think we're a little bit more in tune with like insulation, that kind of stuff. But I know that this was like a big issue you had said with some people, relatives of ours in Texas in recent years, that that was they weren't houses weren't insulated so that was like more of an issue they got a deep freeze um and that was something that they ran into some trouble with that so something to think about yes it is something that we kind of i think grew up knowing pretty easily being in the north of like just you know having that little drip out of the faucets um keeps it from freezing keeps the water moving um and it's not necessarily something that people think about lots of places. The other thing that we had a lot of, at least where we were from, is um, losing power. We lost a lot of power above ground power lines. And so it was common to lose power for, you know, a few hours and not often for very long. But once you go for a few hours, the thing that we always knew growing up was don't open the fridge or the freezer. (laughs) As long as you keep the fridge and the freezer closed, right, they will stay often Things in your freezer, especially if you've got meat, things that are really frozen solid and you've got a packed freezer, it'll stay frozen for, you know, about three days. If you leave it closed, the fridge may be closer to 24 hours. But often if you're losing power for just a short period of time, as long as you keep the fridge and freezer closed, your stuff will be just fine at the end. (laughs) So just don't touch it. Yep, exactly. Just leave it be. Um, But going along with that, it was often a storm, right, that would cause our power outages. So that's another thing, just a general thing of, you know, I've I've moved. I used to live in New Jersey and now I live in Georgia and I'm trying to learn where I live here. What are the types of storms we get here and what do we need to do to hunker down our house and hunker down ourselves in our houses? Um, you know, things like tornadoes, people are heading underground. If you've got, um, you know, from being from the Northeast, we had nor'easters and hurricanes. You knew you went to kind of the center of the house away from any large trees outside. And depending on where you were, you often had to head upstairs for any flooding. Um, No, you know, are you in an area with earthquakes? Just kind of generally know your area and what you should expect in your area and how to react. I mean, a lot of our kids get these drills at school. And I know my kids are getting different drills at school now than what I got being from New Jersey. Um, But even talking to them and and getting that knowledge is good. You need to know what you're going to face everywhere you are. I think that's a good idea. Another thing about knowing your area is know the nearest hospital, like everywhere that you live and go and any of your kind of regular um, movements. But and think about it when you travel. That's a good one. It's an easy thing to look up and just kind of take note of where's the closest place, you know, Unfortunately, if you needed that, you want to you wanna have that information ready. Absolutely. Just a quick Google search, right? Right. That's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we've gone over a lot. Is there anything that you can think of, Andrea, that we've forgotten that's just like something you keep in your house or something that you you know, that we need to know as a homeowner that we haven't covered so far. Yeah, I got one more that can really come in handy. I think you have to have a plunger, maybe multiple actual, but <laughs> yes. uh, you need you need a good one, a good strong one for the toilet for sure. Um, and recently I learned while I was at work that a small one is great for sinks. So that's helpful. Make sure when you do that, that you plug up the overflow little like hole in a sink and you can plunge the sink too. So that's definitely a top item. At least one plunger. Like I said, maybe a small one, maybe maybe a couple plungers. 
<laughs> nice. That is, that is a good one. That is one we forgot that's important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we've given you some tips that can be helpful in your home. I'm sure that we've not covered everything out there that you need to know about taking care of a home. So if you have, can think of some more important tips that we should be sharing, please reach out to us. We're always willing to listen and add those into another podcast. Yes, definitely. But for today, thank you for joining this episode of the Sister Tipsters podcast with your hosts, Andrea and Marianne. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with two friends, drop us a rating, or post about it on social media. You can find us on Instagram at sister underscore tipsters. And most of all, don't forget to come back next week to join us for another episode of the Sister Tipsters.